0: Oh my goodness, it's finally here. The day
1: of the month we all wait for with such anticipation. It is the Lipedema Patient Roundtable with our wonderful, fabulous, inspiring, insightful, and funny anchors, (laughs) who I will introduce quickly. And we're so glad that you joined us tonight. Please log on. Tell us that you're here. We love chat. Make chat hot tonight. We want to hear what you have to say. We have a love story from the lippy butterfly coming later tonight. We're going to talk about Ellis Dandler syndrome with Cheryl Skolidge, as well as her takeaways from FDRS. Pale Ginger Pear and Patty Cornute both want to talk about body dysmorphia disorder. It is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we're all about that. We're, part of the reason we're here is to help encourage you, and you're not alone. That's why Press does this every month. I'm Brenda Viola, you know me. Last month, I was with all of these ladies and Flat Susie. Can you please hold up Flat Susie, Angelique, at the FDRS conference? And it was amazing to be in the same room as everyone. And we got to be with Linda Ann Kahn, too, who is our medical professional, aromatherapy, lipedema expert, and all around wonderful person. We're so glad you're here, too, Linda Ann, with us. Flat Susie is the best ever. Flat Susie appeared in all of our social posts throughout the weekend. Our friend Nita Cluess is here. Holly Hope, Angie Hampton, Amanda Hathaway, Shannon's with us. Yvonne English. Hi, Yvonne. We're so glad you're here. Deborah Ford. And many more people are logging on as we begin the best night of the month. So takeaways from FDRS. Takeaways. What would you say was the main takeaway for you, Patty. You presented, by the way, and everybody was like fangirling over our girl, Patty, and for good reason.
2: Y'all were just amazing. So thank you, everybody. Uh, It was an awesome honor for me to be able to do that. And for me, honestly, I think the, the conference was just really wonderful. It had lots of information. I'm still digging through my notes. But for me, the freedom of I'm going to get upset the freedom of just being able to move about and not have other people not even thinking about what somebody else might be thinking because it was all lipedema people you know and standing in line for lunch and just knowing that everybody's going from foot to foot foot you know because it was uncomfortable and you know you, you think you don't realize how important that freedom is that most people have on a regular basis. And when we were leaving and coming home, and we stopped at the first rest stop, and I walked into the bathroom, and it just, it just overwhelmed me. And I was just in the bathroom in tears, because it was instantly recognizable that I no longer had that support and that freedom of so many people like me around me. So that was, again, huge for me.
1: I think that was a perfect way to start this out. And it was a very safe space for everyone. And what I saw and I observed was how people swooped in to help each other. You saw someone struggling and it wasn't a judgment thing. Oh, yuck. No, it was a love thing where it was like, oh, let me, let me look. You don't have to go down and get your prize. I'll run down and get it for you and bring it back to you. I will make sure that you have a chair that is comfortable for you. This was the spirit of the entire weekend. And it, it, it was a healing time for a lot of people. Angelique, I don't know how many tears we cried over the weekend. What did it mean to you?
3: Well, you guys know my journey. You know, it was such a long way to get here. I'm um, going from being bed bound, being home bound, being in nursing homes being like right in the same hospital that Karen Herbst works in um, and still not being able to have the opportunity to to actually see her. Um, Finally getting to FDRS and being in the presence of Karen Herbst, Linda Ann Kahn, Dr. Lindy and all the other wonderful doctors that were there as well as this round table and the entire community, I was overwhelmed with emotion. I was completely overwhelmed with emotion. But the sharing of information between lipid- lipidema patients was amazing to me. I walked away with more notes from people that I talked to Mm -hmm. just in one-on-one conversations than I actually was able to get from the sessions because the sessions were going so, um, there were so many sessions, you know, and they were going throughout the day. It was hard to catch all of the information, but just in having conversations with people on the sidelines, I was finding out new magnesiums to try and vibration plates and the compression that was working for the bigger thighs and or more mobility um, devices that were out there. So I think that just that alone, the community of sharing information that with people that have a common issue, that was overwhelmingly
1: amazing. So perfectly stated. And if you missed seeing Angelique play the piano at the very last day. She just went over to the piano and started playing and singing. And literally everybody was in tears around her. You shared your gift and it was such a beautiful thing. And then there's the little love story that happened too, but we'll get to that later. Uh, so much, so much feeling. And for me personally, you know, as Lymphopress, we had a booth there and to have people come up to our booth and say in tears, thank you for seeing me, for hearing me, for caring. And that meant the world to me. It was like what I do, what I do matters and that it makes a difference. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yes. Everybody wants to know about the love story, but we're going to make you wait because we only have Linda Ann Khan for a half hour tonight. There's some things we want to talk about. And we also don't want to make any of you who weren't able to go to FDRS feel bad. No. The point of this is to bring to you what we learned because you are with us. We are a team. We link arms together and we encourage each other. So don't feel left out in any way, shape or form we're here for you. Yep. Love, 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 and more love. We also want to mention that our friend Casey Grosvenor, her mom is ill right now. And so we got to meet Casey. She is a dear fan and friend of the round table and all of us. And we want you to know that Casey, we are with you. We love you. We're sending you great energy. We know this is a difficult time but you are not alone and you mean the world to us. So much love to you tonight, Casey, from all of us at the round table. And i got to ask, Susie, you can have the perspective of someone who who wasn't physically there, although Fat Susie was with us the whole time. I I mean, mean, Flat flat Susie. Oh my God, I can't believe I (laughs) said. Love me, Fat? No, no. You know what I meant. Oh. Anyhow, thank you all for forgiving me for that. So, what did it feel like watching from afar? Okay, so two things. One,
4: I mean, Kara, that was ridiculous. You were such a little sneaker. And then, once you guys did that, I I, I felt sad that I wasn't there. And there was a little part of me that was a little bit resentful. And I was like, oh, what am I bringing to this if I'm not there? And, da, 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 da. and there were lots of texts and lots of communication. But honestly, it was so amazing. And I felt like I was fully included and I was there the whole time. I thought it was amazing. And I was sharing it with, I mean, talk about raising lipidema awareness. I'm like, look, this is me at this conference. I'm on this panel and these girls and they love me and look
1: what happened. They were like, that's amazing. It was amazing. And Kara, I got to say, brilliant move on your part. And it just shows your heart, you know, because So we're at FDRS, and everybody wants to meet Pale Ginger Pear. She's like a celebrity there. But the truth about Kara is her heart is huge. And she so wanted you to feel a part of things. And she loves you so much, as do we all. But she's the one that thought of this. So what was your inspiration, Kara? And what was your big takeaway from FDRS?
0: Well, for me, I went to FDRS knowing that there was a good chance that I would not get to actually watch a lot of it that I would be talking to a lot of people like I knew going into this that there was a good chance that like people that wanted to talk in person and all of that so that was my approach like I went in knowing I would probably be watching a recap like down the road kind of thing but I wanted people to see that like I'm not bullshitting on my post that I have the energy now that I feel better that this has truly given me a shot at life that I didn't have before and like I know nobody got to see me before in person because like the pandemic and when we all met but I mean I was Literally on my feet nonstop the whole weekend that I gave up by Sunday was in sweatpants. <laughs> the um trying to care what I look like was out the window. I was like, I'm done, I'm done. But it was just a chance for me to connect with people and like recharge. I just yeah. needed that moment of like, I'm doing this for a reason because it has been a lot of drama and a lot of unwarranted issues lately that's made me be like why am I why am I doing this so it was Mm -hmm. a good chance to like see that like I'm hitting people and it's working and I need to stick with it versus being like I'm done yes
1: it was energizing for a lot of people but everybody wants to know about this comment Angelique just made in chat which was Cara ran
0: so I ran Yes. So I was standing, like, so at the conference in, like, the first little area you walk in where all the booths were set up. I was standing over by the TLC booth talking to Dr. Jamie and um, the, the office staff, and I see Angelique roll on in, and I, I think I, like, threw my phone to my friend Kim that was with me and, like, dropped my bag, and I literally, like, ran across the lobby or whatever you want to call it where the all the booths were and like dove onto her wheelchair practically if we could see that in slow motion it would have been amazing probably in slow motion in real life because i haven't ran in years but (laughs) um it wasn't like like and i even joked with her like right after i said You know, don't think I don't love you because I ran in public for you. And we joked that it was our little, like, rom-com moment um, (laughs) the whole night because, like, I ran into her arms. But I I think that's a
3: big testimony to Kara's journey, though, to have come from a place where she was struggling with mobility to a place where she actually ran without even thinking about
1: it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. ran like away from talking to Dr. Jamie. Like I was mid sentence, and I just and we know how
1: she feels about Dr. Jamie, so we know how you rate Angelique. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was,
0: I was in the middle of telling him a story about something. I just stopped talking and took off running. And well, he, yeah.
1: Even though that is a a romance in a way, it's not the <laughs> one we want to tease for yeah. later. Oh, I know everybody here wants to hear your story, Angelique, but we're all, we're just, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we want to talk a little bit about that, as well as it Ellis Danler's Syndrome Awareness Month. And Cheryl, you are usually our go-to person regarding that. Were there some takeaways about that at FDRS that meant something to you?
5: Yes, but um, there were a, a couple uh, other takeaways that I also wanted to mention of course, meeting everyone was just amazing, everyone on the panel. And then there were so many uh, additional people that I met uh, that tend to uh, come to the round tables. And so it was just amazing putting names and faces together. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a, a couple things. Um, uh, one of the, uh, the, the things with lipedema. Um, they have discovered uh, platelet factor four is a biomarker for lipedema. And so I thought that was really exciting. Um, and they also found um, at a previous FDRS that our fat cells hold more sodium than the average public. Um, and they're able to see that on MRI. But the takeaway this year about that was they did uh, manual manipulation of the fat. So things like we've always been talking about with cupping and uh, the lymphopress and vibration. Um, So whatever you can do to to try to uh, squeeze and and get that lymph moving, um, they found a direct correlation by looking at the amount of sodium in the tissue. And if the sodium reduces in the tissue then you have less pain. And so that is a huge, huge thing for all of us, I think, as well. Wow. So, the fat can become less painful if you're able to reduce the sodium and you can reduce the sodium by manual manipulation. Okay. So, yeah. By the way, when am I going to see Dr. Cheryl Scollage in
1: front of your name? Because you, you. <laughs> Drop the mic. You nailed that explanation of it. And what a great synopsis. And thank you for mentioning how the lymphopress can be so helpful as you manage your condition. I see so many wonderful names in our pan- our attendees tonight, people that are using the lymphopress and, and seeing results. So that, that warms my heart and makes me happy. Anything else you want to add before I go to Linda Ann Kahn, who is Moving and shaking in so many ways, literally, in the world of lipedema,
5: aromatherapy, and everything. But anything else you wanted to add, Cheryl? Well, you did ask about uh, specifically Ehlers-Danlos. And because it's Ehlers-Danlos Month, um, they did talk a a bit about how uh, potentially with lipedema, you may also have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, and that's where your joints tend to uh, hyperextend. Um, but in addition to that is the next step. Um, when someone has Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, they tend to have two additional conditions, um, POTS and MCAS. And we had a couple speakers about MCAS. Linda Anacon was one. Um, and MCAS is mast cell activation syndrome. Um, and so it, it's probably a good idea if you have lipedema just to look into those three conditions, um, the POTS, MCAS, and Ehlers-Danlos, just to see if there's any additional insight that you can gain to help manage your overall condition. So,
1: And that's a great segue to Linda and Khan. And by the way, your presentation on MassCell was fantastic. In fact, we're excited about doing a webinar with you in the future about that. So, Linda Ann, one of the questions that came up, and we know that we only have you for a few more minutes, so we want to make sure that we get the most out of our time with you tonight. We wanted to talk a little bit about body dysmorphia disorder. And I was reading about it today, and the Reader's Digest definition is, when you're so upset about the appearance of your body that it gets in the way of your ability to live life normally, one in 50 people, not just women, not just people with lipedema, one in 50 people have this, yeah. but as it relates to lipedema, what could you share with us tonight?
6: Well, first of all, I think it's really important to say that this effect can affect the general population as well. It's not just lipedema. It becomes worse when you do have lipedema and your body is out of shape. I have stage one lipoedema and it's not until a few years ago that I, I had body dysmorphia myself and it's like you look in this in the mirror and you see a really large person, even if you're not. So when you are large and you have that, it's an even bigger challenge. However, what I want to say is, it's really, really important to focus on all those things about you that are wonderful. I met every single one of you at the the FDRS, which was just the most incredible thing for me to be with all you kind, loving people. Each and every one of you have something so beautiful about you. And that's what I want all of you listening to do as well. What is it? Is it your hair? Is it your smile? Is it your way that you're helping people all the time? Is it your kindness? Focus on all of that, your skin, and keep looking at that because the obsessive thoughts that people have about, oh, this is terrible, that's terrible. I hated my legs. I hated them always and I've been married for 52 years now, and my husband tells me, I love your legs, I love your legs. They're not nice, but he knows how I feel, and so he always does that, and he pinches my bum, and he just keeps me motivated that way, so really, that's what I want to say, and also, I tell all my patients, when you're going to have surgery, and i help to prepare a lot of people with surgery, what are your expectations of the surgery? Your expectations really need to be I'm going to be able to be more mobile. My pain levels are going to be reduced. Still not thinking about putting on a bikini and prancing on the beach, because that's not what this is all about. And so I think putting all of that into perspective and then knowing what a beautiful, incredible soul you are and all of you are. So that's my take on this condition, which, which could be really serious. It all really comes back
1: to loving and appreciating yourself, as is. And that's the journey, I think, for every human being, not just those with lipedema. Holly Hope said something really insightful in chat. She finds that some of the online groups where people say they hate themselves or parts of themselves contributes to the dysmorphia in others. Does anybody want to speak to that? I know, PGP, you wanted to talk about your own experience post surgeon Surgery.
0: Sorry, sorry, I forgot I muted myself. Um, so I went in to the surgery experience, ev- like expecting very little visual difference because I knew how far along I was and how much it had progressed, and. I foolishly went into it thinking that my lower legs were all lymphedema, not lipedema, So I didn't expect them to reduce. Um, And then I really thought, like, I'm used to the lymphedema wrapping where you walk out being like four inches thicker than when you went in because they wrap you with layer after layer. So when I woke up from my first surgery and looked down and my leg went down for my knee, I was shocked because I didn't expect to see instant results. And it was instantly different. And then it has been that way with every surgery and the results are better than I thought they could ever be. And my mind is not with my new body. When I'm shopping and picking on an outfit, I still grab my old size. I grab my old size, I go to try it on, and I'm like, why is this not fitting? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I have to go back and find it in the new size, and then, but then, like, it messes with you because I've been now, like, a 20, 22 in pants, but Old Navy, I'm um, a 28, 30 if their pants fit. So, like, that doesn't help when you have that issue, when you're stuck on a size number. And oh, then, the and
1: size then, I'm sorry. Yeah. I hate the whole size thing. Because yeah. if, you, if you have a conditional sense of self-worth, oh. based on the condition, you feel good about yourself or bad about yourself? Oh, I fit into that size, so I feel good. But then a different brand, three sizes up, and I feel bad. Yeah. And it's a seesaw. It really is. I'm so glad you talked about that, Kara, because it really is a very real thing.
0: It, and it's, and I know this is going to sound dumb and it. I, I, I'm not really complaining, but I feel like there's a little bit of an extra struggle because I have so many people asking me, how many sizes have you gone down? How many sizes? And then, so when I tell them, well, technically I can still wear some of my old pants. I probably just had them too stretched out before. So now yeah. they fit probably how they should have. Or in Old Navy sizing, I'm actually larger than what I was. And, like, it's a, it's a weird, like, pressure put on that I'm supposed to be able to give them a smaller number. When yeah. I know I'm down 10 inches in my hips and I know I'm smaller. Is this when you want me to stand up?
6: <laughs> yes, yeah, stand up!
0: So, I mean... I don't. This is just leggings. I don't have compression compression on right now because
1: she's not wearing compression, folks.
0: I have my knee highs on, but my stomach's been bothering me, and I just couldn't take the compression pressure. (laughs) But yeah,
1: so it's it's clear that you are smaller. So the dysmorphia, the dis part, the disconnect is your body is one thing, but what's happening in your mind is another, and we all own that space between our ears. That is prime real estate and we are the CEO of it. And reprogramming our own minds and telling ourselves a positive story about ourselves is so important. I encourage you to listen again and again to what Linda Ann Kahn just said and and focusing on the positives. And when you look at yourself, Kara, it's undeniable. I mean,
0: I, I see it now in the fact that like, when I look back at all my old photos, like my face is completely different and like, not just in size and puffiness, but like I was resting bitch face all the time. And like, that was my thing. Like that was my friends knew me for that. And like, now all of them are like, you smile and you smile naturally, like in all of like the stuff that you do now. And That's
1: beautiful. So. And we, we, we want everybody to reclaim their smile. And by the way, Susie, I know you've been chomping at the bit to talk and I'm sorry. Go for it. So I just wanted to say two things. One, I had
4: surgery. I walked into my surgery. I had three surgeries for lipedema, like 12 years ago or 10 years ago it, by, um, in Germany. Uh, before there were really places doing them here. And I didn't have the lipedema extraction, but I was almost immobile when I got there. Like I could not walk any distance without it being literally terrible. I was probably about a year out from ending up in a wheelchair, no question. I couldn't walk without assistance and we got misdirected to get our rental car and Grant literally had to leave me on the street in Germany because I broke down because I couldn't walk the distance to the rental car place. It was so terrible. This was before the surgeries. So I never went, all I wanted was my mobility. And I'm finally going to share that journey. And it's funny because Crystal, and I love her, um, had messaged me about my surgeries. I never shared my after pictures because I didn't feel, I I didn't want to discourage other women because I my legs still looked as funny as I feel like they look, but I still celebrate my legs. And even on the front page of my blog, uh, I think my pin post is me going, you know, a reason why we should start showing off our legs. And it's a picture of me in a bathing suit with my big old dimply legs. And honestly, Dr. Strutz thought that I'd had liposuction because of the ginormous dimples in my Legs because there was so much scar tissue from the lipedema and I had never done anything with my legs. So um, I'm telling you that. And then the other thing is, so I I think that that expectation is super important. Like we climbed a mountain after my first leg surgery between my next one, after my first one, we climbed a mountain to the castle of Neuschwanstein, which is the one that Disney is modeled after. just to kill time between the surgeries. And I walked all the way to the top of that castle. We even scaled a little thing that we weren't supposed to do and went to Marie's Bridge and it was all blocked off because it had snowed and it was dangerous. And so we climbed this little wall, like me and my husband and a few other locals. Um, so that's why it was okay. And it was amazing. And I, the only thing that happened was I had to pee so badly that I was uncomfortable when we got to the top, but. I didn't have any lippy pain and that was only after the surgery wow. and that was amazing to me, but I didn't good. And I never shared my pictures because I was so embarrassed of how my legs still looked. And I think that's wrong. So I just wanted to tell you from the viewpoint of like, now I celebrate them and I don't care. So I just wanted to say that because I have had the surgeries and not had any drastic change physically that
6: you yeah. can
1: see.
4: But
6: it was drastic. Wow. Go ahead, Linda. I just want to say, just look at Susie. Look how beautiful she is. What a beautiful, beautiful woman standing and sitting in front of us. But what I wanted to say about the body dysmorphia, we're working with a lot of our clients who have 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds who they think have lipedema. And this is something that I've spoken about before, one has to be careful not to have those girls get the body dysmorphia. Mm. And I'm now part of a new education group. We're working on all kinds of materials that we can give to patients to give to doctors. And we're gonna reach out to doctors of all modalities Mm. so they can be educated. And what the next thing we're going to be doing is we're reaching out to pediatricians and also working out how can we do this so that we can reach the young woman and help them so that perhaps they don't progress to how their moms did, but do it in a way that we're not going to create body dysmorphia or anorexia. So that's a really important thing. And then when you finish, I'm gonna say goodbye. I love you all.
1: We love you too, Linda and we're so glad that you took time to be with us today. We are following you and your amazing adventures and your research, your advocacy. And we always consider it an honor when you show up at the round table. Thanks for being here. Much love. And I'm gonna go to Patty because Patty, you were the one that suggested that we talk about this topic. What was on your heart about it?
2: a lot of it was kind of covered my questioning behind it was when people get diagnosed it's a it's a mental health diagnosis and you know they when you read up on it it talks a lot about the perceived flaw that you see there that maybe somebody else doesn't see or doesn't see to the extent that you see it in and that is a very you know legit Diagnosis that needs care for that. Mm -hmm. And then when you add in something like lipedema, that definitely changes our shape from, you know, I don't want to say a normal body, but somebody without lipedema, you know, we really do have drastic differences that separate us and make us look very different. And so a lot of the things that we do just in our self care emulate what somebody with a BDD diagnosis does. They're very conscious of what they eat. They're always trying to be active. You know, everything I'm reading through, learning more about a BDD diagnosis, I was like, well, God, we all do that. And we talk about how we need to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. So it was like, how similar is it? How different is it? What's what's the connection, if anything, mm-hmm. um, when you've actually got something that's changing how you are physically.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I read about how many of the triggers for this are related to being bullied too. Mm-hmm. And my heart can understand that. I was bullied brutally all through school, all through school. When I would walk down the hall, the mean girls would bark. And in my mind, I was a dog because they barked and I let other people assign my worth to me. If I only knew now, then what I know now, which is I'm not going to let anybody assign my worth, I get to decide who I am and how I see myself. And I've been up and down and all around, and I don't claim to understand because I do not have lip edema. But I was 100 pounds in kindergarten. I remember telling you this story, Patty. And I remember what it was like to be the kid on the playground nobody wanted to play with because I was so much bigger than everybody else. And the journey to self-acceptance is a challenging one for everyone. It's something that I still grapple with today as a 58-year-old woman. And yet, in my heart, I know that there's only one person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with for sure, and that's me. And I need to love me because I am left with me. I don't mean to get on a soapbox, and I am not trying to say I understand what anybody else is feeling. But if you were bullied, I want to encourage all of you, they don't get to label you. They don't get to assign your worth to you. Don't give people that power. Go ahead, Pat, PGP.
0: I think part of the disconnect in our head is because so many of us know that we're active and we don't overeat and we're not lazy. Like we know that we're not the things that we're being told our whole life. And so you start to doubt what you know, because if everybody else is seeing a different picture, what they all see collectively has to be the right answer. And I know like it started young for me, like I was six and seven and anytime I wore a sweatsuit, my path would joke around, oh, there's Kara in her no sweats because I wasn't active enough to actually bring up a sweat. They used to joke around that my butt was so big and flat because I sat on it all day and didn't do anything. Meanwhile, I walked four paper routes on two hills every day for my job. I babysat, I swam, like I was super active. There was nothing that I could have done differently that would have stopped this, but it started with family and it wasn't even really ill intention. It was just those family jokes that you Oh, sure. Pleasingly
1: I plump. Think. I was the pleasingly plump, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: then you finally get that diagnosis and it's that I knew I wasn't crazy. I yeah. knew I was this. I knew there was a reason. I knew I didn't eat. I knew I was active. And then you've got people backpedaling and are like, oh, I guess I'm sorry. No. So it's, it's, It's a lot.
1: Yeah, it is a lot. Go ahead, Cheryl, you wanted to add something?
5: Yeah, uh, so I I wrote about this in uh, my Facebook group. Um, I recently went to a, a primary physician. So I had been to the doctor that I had made the appointment with previously. So I expected everything to go smoothly, but they sent in a resident instead. And the resident came in from the beginning swinging um, and this ended up being so bad I actually had to ironically for mental health month I had to seek mental health uh, therapy. Um, so he started off saying I was delusional about my health. That was like one of the first things that he came out and said to me. Um, I was there, uh, I think I had mentioned uh, previously, I I had a tick bite. And so I was following up on on the tick bite. And one of the second things on the list, um, my kidney doctor asked if uh, I needed to be on a satin and said I should go to my primary to get a a blood test. And so I had it on. So now when I go to a doctor, I bring my 20 page management health plan okay, of all of my diagnoses and what I'm doing for all of them, 20 pages. I bring my summary appointment sheet of the top three items that I want to talk to my doctor about, all my medications summarized and everything. And so I'm prepared when I go to my doctor, okay? So he came in and said, well, why aren't you on a statin? Of course you'd need to be on a statin. Your BMI and your high blood pressure and and your... And you're in kidney failure, and you need to be on it. And I was like, that's why I'm here. I'm here for the blood test to see if I should be on a statin. And he said to me, I'm not going to force you in a corner and force medicine down your throat. <laughs> I was just so shocked. So so anyway, I, I said, all right, okay, let's do the blood test. I'll follow up my, with my cardiologist. Uh, it's... it's but it, it was just such a shock to me. And what a
1: trigger for a it, mental health situation. And I'm so glad that you're vulnerable enough to share
5: this because you sought some help. Yeah. Um so uh yeah. I, I mean it it just played with my mind for a doctor to tell me I was delusional about my health. <laughs> when when uh, I mean, I just thought I followed my health pretty darn closely. And I thought better than 90% of anyone else who's out there. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, um, so yes, it, it doesn't really matter how much in control you think you are. There could be a time where you just don't even realize. And uh, when that happens, you know, we find someone to talk to, find oh. a mental health therapist. I'm so glad
1: you said that. There is no shame in no. reaching out for help, whether it is a trusted friend or a professional who can help you. You are worth, you, you don't have to stand, if it feels, if it hurts and it feels bad, you need to get the support you need to feel good again. It's important. You are important. You are worth it, and you are worthy. Casey said it perfectly. Medical gaslighting, unfortunately, is so common, but we know better.
5: Go ahead. And also, just to mention to everyone, uh, we started up a Facebook group, um, lipedema Writing Campaign. So if you have a doctor that you would like us to flood them with lipedema and Ehlers-Danlos information and et cetera, join that group. And uh, it, we have started a campaign and we're sending information. So, from this is all what I love about this community.
1: You, you try to <laughs> knock us down, and we come back tenfold in force <laughs> to affect change. And there are many wonderful medical professionals out there, like our Linda Ancon. Yes. Dr. Herbst is currently in Madrid, or she would be with us right now always researching always forging ahead to try to affect change there are wonderful doctors out there there are wonderful therapists if you don't have one and you need to find one we can help go ahead susie and we don't take shit from anyone <laughs> and that too there's power
4: in numbers and there are so many of us now that gaslighting doctor he can suck it do you know how many of us there are now do you know how much proof we have it, it's fantastic. And you should definitely file a complaint against him and he shouldn't be practicing. But that's just my thoughts. I think
1: that you speak for a lot of people and we love how you say it, Susie. Nobody can say it like Susie. Linda Lehman <laughs> is out there. Oh my gosh, we only have 20 minutes left and we need to get to the love story. And we need to talk about the Lipoedema Triathlon for lipidema Fitness. But Linda Lehman asks a question. Have any of you had anorexia or a bulimia diagnosis or behavior before you were diagnosed with lipedema? Anybody? Maybe not diagnosed, but I have heard anecdotally of many women trying so hard to fight against this that they became near anorexic. Go ahead, Angie, Angelique.
3: I'll be talking with um, Kelly at the end of this month about how that in itself affected my journey. Of course, no doctor is going to uh, diagnose you with anorexia when you're like 500 pounds, but I wasn't eating and I developed a really, really bad relationship with food to where almost anything that I ate was like, you know, it it was almost impossible to want to eat. There were days where like my first meal didn't happen for like, 48 hours kind of even on accident at times. Um, The doctors would say that I was malnutritioned and I was malnourished, but they wouldn't say that that was because I was not eating because they wouldn't accept that I was not eating.
5: (sighs) Yeah. And you're nodding, Cheryl. Yeah. I've had times in my past, I've had times where I wasn't really eating. um, I think it, uh, in my teenage years, um, there was a, a point where I probably almost became anorexic. I, I mean, I wasn't quite there, but, and then, uh, in my thirties and again, in my forties, I counted up how many calories I was actually eating and it was 600 calories a day. So mm-hmm. that's frightening <laughs> to say the least. Um, it, and it, there's been times where I've been extremely obsessive about both uh, eating diets, exercise, exercising way too much. Well, it, as a matter of fact, um, this past month, <laughs> I went out for my uh, normal three-mile walk. And so normally I'm able to walk three miles without a problem. But for some reason, that particular day, my foot started hurting and after a mile and a half. And I went, I'm supposed to be able to walk three miles. I can do it. And I've had a sprain ever since. So that's oh. just wonderful. Oh my, you know, no. So yes. I, I you, know, sure. you just become obsessive about stuff.
1: Oh my goodness. You're so all worth taking care of yourself and listening to your bodies and not overdoing it. We are hearing in chat over and over again. And by the way, Nita Cluess, thank you for posting a link about lipedema eating disorders. There's a Facebook group for that. Um, Many people, some say they had 600 to 1,000 calories a day and they were playing varsity basketball. Lisa Lugo said she walked until her heels bled trying to get rid of her saddlebags. Susan says she passed out all the time. At 100 pounds anorexic and bulimic in her teens jen sefton susan says my mom ate one boiled egg a day for four years holly hope malnutrition twice diagnosed this is very real stuff and you know mental health is so important to acknowledge And to give yourself the space and the grace to reach out for help. We encourage that. We hope that this group helps you too. We're here to let you know you're not alone. Because all of these women are shining examples of facing stuff and not letting it stop them. They're living full and vibrant and beautiful lives. Patty Cornute, what year is this for your triathlon for Lipoedema Fitness?
2: Seven. Seven years. All right, so do your quick promo because we all <laughs> want to
1: get behind it and help.
2: June 25th is the seventh annual Lipedema Triathlon. We started it to spread awareness for Lipedema and the importance of staying active. And it is a sprint distance triathlon, so a 750 meter swim, a 20K bike, and a 5K run walk. And you can modify it, you can tag team with other people, somebody can do the swim, and then you could do the run, and somebody could do the bike, or you could take, you know, from June 1st to June 25th, or to June 30th yeah. is to do the whole thing. However you want to do it, then you do that. It, it, it just, we're all going to be doing it locally on the 25th. Ours has been hosted by the local YMCA every year for us here, which is freaking awesome and i love them for doing that and uh i am i've got a liz is coming uh to do that with us so she's a lipedema patient as well and she's done that with us before so she's coming back to saratoga to do that with us too um the lymphopress and juzo both are sponsors this year of the shirts and or water bottles we got both this year and we literally, it was, uh, you know, the first 50 people to sign up got one. And within 24 hours, they were all spoken for. I so.
1: predict <laughs>
2: this.
1: Oh my goodness. This is huge. This is amazing. And we are so proud to be one of your sponsors, Patty. What you're doing for the community. When you spoke at FDRS, I saw you bring hope to people. And that's what you do every day. And the best thing about you is... You're not just about followers, you're about people and really caring for people. And anybody who's within eyeshot of you can feel that from you, Patty Cornute. So we applaud you. Nita Cluis is all over it. She already put the link in chat about how you can register for the Lipedema Fitness Triathlon. It's super awesome. And Patty, yes, is the real deal. Uh, By the way, I also want to mention, before we get to the love story, we've just teased this the whole time, haven't we? Everybody's like, get to the love story. But I got to tell you, Lymphopress is hosting five weeks of activities for Lipedema Awareness Month, which is in June. On Wednesday, June 1st, we have a webinar in the evening, the genetic underpinning of lipidema with the Australian researcher Tara Carnesis. It's going to be awesome. You're all welcome to attend. I am going to put the link in chat and we're also going to put it in the um, edited version so people can... It's our link tree. Just go to our link in bio and you can uh, sign up for any of these. The second week, lipedema landmines, how... Mast cell and all these other different conditions show up and affect lipedema treatment with Karen Ashforth. That's going to be awesome. Wednesday, June 8th, that's in the afternoon. Then our roundtable for Lipidema Awareness Month is on the 15th. On the 22nd, we have Dr. Omar Betis, who is a surgeon in Orlando. And he is going to talk about evidence-based truths and also from a surgery perspective, And then we're ending up with a bang with Dr. Karen Herbst on Monday, June 27th. Lipedema, cooling the fire within. She's going to talk all about inflammation. And that is from 1230 to 1:30 on June 27th. We are pulling out all the stops for Lipedema Awareness Month because we don't care about Lipedema just during June. For lymphopress, it's all year long and we care about you now. So we went to FDRS. And Angelique showed up, and we were also so happy. She, you know, there was a little a moment where you weren't sure if you were going to make there, right?
3: That's where this whole thing really begins. Uh, there was a long period of time where I didn't think that I was going to make it. My sisters were not going to be able to take me because they had got new jobs, and um, I was like, I was frustrated. I was so, I was literally depressed. And a friend of mine offered to take me to the FDRS conference, and it was someone that I had met, but it wasn't really, you know, anything that was supposed to become anything. Um, But while we were on this trip, it just literally sparks flew the entire time watching him at the fdrs conference um i was like wow i felt completely supported the entire time i was there and somebody was completely engaged with what was going on um we kind of like looked at each other like wait a minute what's happening here like we're flirting and this, that and the other so we decided to come back and date and on the very first date, he brought my favorite flowers and has been an absolute gentleman ever since. So for those of you that got to meet Michael at FDRS, we are absolutely official now. And we are actually courting. We are wanting to look at marriage as a long-term future because we actually click. Like, I don't know what. Oh
1: my god! Okay. So now it's our turn to weigh in because we all got to meet Michael we all thought he was his sweetheart. But honestly, Angelique, when I heard that you two had become a thing. Okay, so at the very end of FDRS, she goes to the piano and she's playing and singing worship, right? I'm crying, recording her, and Michael is recording her as well. And he is just beaming. And here's what I love. You could see that he saw your value. He saw who you were and he appreciated it and that you deserve not nobody deserves anything less than that so he got the seal of approval from brendan not that he needed it but i think everybody else who was there did you did you all approve of michael
5: yeah he was so attentive it was it was very impressive yeah you could always see him kind of flittering around Angelique.
1: (laughs) And he let Angelique do Angelique and the, the amazing force that she is. And he was just happy there to just be in the background, making it all work for you. And I love this story and it is so incredibly encouraging for everyone, myself included, to see how it can happen. And Kara, when I said in the, we always do this pre-email, what should we talk about tonight? I said, is it appropriate? I wanna talk about Angelique's romance. And Kara's like, yeah. And why'd you say yeah?
0: I said, yeah, because, okay, so I'm not muted. Because, well, first of all, I joked and told you from the start that you were gonna be official from this because I knew that anybody, especially a guy that volunteered To make what you wanted to come happen that trip like he wanted you to have that trip and so that right there was like a big you know okay and then he was very much letting you be you and he was not the stereotypical guy holding the purse like bored in the background shifting making like he like you wouldn't know he was there at times because he was letting you be what you wanted and get to do what you wanted and wasn't miserable about it and like he that's was, the big thing
1: he was happy to be in your glow and in fact yeah. is his last name Turner
3: that is Michael thank you Michael. okay so Michael's like, out there watching to tonight right now, so that's
1: super Michael.
0: Sweet.
1: and but Michael just chatted to the hosts and panelists she is special yes yes so we
0: agree I said that we should Michael. talk about it Because for a lot of us, it is so easy to not want to date or be afraid to share the condition and all of the personal care that we have to do to go with it because it could easily have been used against us as that we're a burden before. So then it makes you hold off wanting to share it with somebody. I know I jokingly sent a picture of my nighttime puffy leg garments to somebody when I was like a friend that I was talking to and he was like do you have to sleep in those every night and I was like yeah and he was like probably wouldn't stop me <laughs> but, like wow. that's but that's like with something you think of like you know we're not just going to bed all you know adorable every night we're head-to-toe compression sometimes and you know waking up in the middle of the night and ripping it off because we're hot and painful and so it's there's we're an extra level but the extra level brings extra benefits and personality that makes it worthwhile.
1: You couldn't have said it better PGP. <laughs> we can't wait till we can share your love story next.
0: Me too. <laughs> yeah. Where <did> he
1: <laughs> oh, oh he's out there. He's showing up any minute now. Hey, before we run out of time, I do want to mention that you and Patty created something wonderful that was born out of FDRS. And I want you to have a moment to promote that. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, so I, Patty, and I um, were at the hip, at the big saddlebags all together during FDRS um, because we share that late stage three, four, whatever stage number you wanna give us um, experience. And we were around a lot of women um, in the later stages like that. And we sat in on the one group together and it was just heartbreaking. And um, it was my fear of what my future was gonna be if I didn't have somebody like Dr. Jamie that stepped in and helped me. And I don't want women to not feel like there's help. I don't want them to not get help. like. I just want to like pack Patty up and like ship her to go, to go get relief. Like it, it, it breaks my heart. And I was talking to Patty and I was like, we need to keep this conversation going. We need to stop being reactive about this condition and start being proactive and need to stop it before stage three. And, um, I mean, it goes along with what Dr. Jamie was saying about stages aren't really necessary because you wouldn't right. tell stage one or two cancer to wait to stage four before you get help. Like, why do that we that makes have such to wait? perfect sense? Absolutely. Like, why do we have to wait? And it's it goes back with the whole fat phobia and how fat people are looked at and treated that we're pushed off to the side because it's not important to these people, but we need to make it important. We need to be that voice because it's easier to treat both financially and from a safety surgical standpoint for the smaller sizes. Yeah, It it just, as much as I hate to say it, it does get more of a risk the larger you become, but with each waiting around and stage increase, you get larger. And then you're farther away from these doctors saying, well, you have to be under a certain number. I'm not under that number now after six surgeries. And I will never be close enough to that number for what some of the doctors want. Yeah. I mean, some of them want a BMI of 35 or less and my BMI now after six surgeries is still 60.
1: Yeah. So well said. And Patty, the idea of the collaboration came from FDRS and a desire to really meet a need for this specific group of people. And I want you to know that the more voices that there are, the more platforms there are, the more conversations that happen, the more acceptance there is, the more encouragement there is, the better. So when is your next one, Patty, so that people can log in and join you?
2: It is May 29th at 4 p.m. And it's a Zoom registration, and Kara has that on her page. I've shared it in my group. Um, A bunch of you guys on the chat have shared it in your groups. Thank you very much. There's a lot of really great conversation that goes on in there. And we just want to make sure that people don't get left behind, don't feel alone. And if anything that can come out of it and that we can advocate for, then we're all in. We're all in. One more quick little thing. There is another Lipoedema conference that I did not know about. It's the Lipoedema Australia Conference, June 17th through the 19th. And your girl will be presenting virtually. I wish I was in Australia. (laughs)
1: Wow. Do we get to, can we sign up for that or is this something?
2: You can sign up for virtual attendance as well.
1: Okay, so send the link so that everybody who has registered for tonight will send you an email with all the juicy links and information that we discussed tonight, but we are out of time. We want you to know that we're here for you, you're loved, take care of you, and that includes your mental health, and most of all, love you, because you're worth it. And we love you. And we love you back.
0: Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next month. Thanks
1: for listening to the Lipedema Patient Roundtable podcast. You can watch the video on TLC, the Lipedema channel on YouTube, or on Instagram, IGTV, at lympha underscore press. For information on the most advanced pneumatic compression therapy in the world, visit lymphapress.com.